to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Hey folks, welcome to podcast Freshly Forever. It's always a learning experience and inspiration knowing how businesses establish themselves and map their success story. In the present day context, it's all the more significant to look at individual business owners or solopreneurs navigating the challenges posed by the pandemic. It's all a matter of how creative one can get and let their intuition lead them to uncharted territory. Today's guest, Jamie Alex Barber, is a highly creative individual who is true testament to this prelude I gave here. Let's find out more about her journey. Hey, Jamie, it's such a delight connecting with you here on this podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Vi, very much for having me. I am looking forward to hearing what you have to ask and having a conversation and seeing how we may be able to help other solopreneurs. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) I'd like to start by having you talk about your education and your primary focus of work before you embarked on your current discovery and creative journey. Certainly, um, because when one learns of my background, they often ask, how did you get to where you are um, Uh or what you're doing today? So, Vi, you know, you and I had met quite some time ago. Uh And at that time, I was a stay-at-home mother, but always feeling the need to be doing something. Uh Uh, Because I feel that we're defined by our individuality, not necessarily our motherhood. Uh So prior to that, I was in pharmaceutical sales. I have a degree in physics and chemistry from the Georgia State University. Right out of college, I was recruiting scientists. Uh And from there, I was recruiting IT, you know, back in the mid to late 90s, which was in the heat of it all. So I went from science uh, to technology. And then from there, I ventured into pharmaceutical sales for the very first time. And I did that for about three or four years. And uh, lo and behold, landed myself a family and became a stay-at-home mother. After the boys were pretty self-sufficient and doing well, um, you know, a little bit more on their own without all of my hands-on help, I decided Uh to go back into the workforce. And teaching was a great way to continue on their schedule. So then I became a mid, mid, um, middle school life science and biology teacher. Uh-huh, how nice. It was. And I will tell you, um, everything I think I have learned about anything was through teaching. You never know what's going to come at you from one day to the next. You are constantly in plan A, B, C, D mode. You just, you just never know. Uh-huh. But uh, those were extraordinary learning experiences for me in middle school teaching. And then now I'm back in pharmaceutical sales. I've always been drawn to pharmacy, whether it be retail or clinical. Um, I forgot to mention that through college, I did put myself through college as a clinical pharmaceutical um, hospital pharmacy technician. Uh So I've always dabbled or been in science and technology in some way, shape or form. And now I'm doing photography, you know, hand curated gifts. (laughs) (laughs) One wonders, what's that bridge? (laughs) Oh, what a journey. 
So when did this love for photography begin? Has has it always been your passion or go-to area aside from whatever else you talked about, you know, such a uh, nice profile in terms of, you know, all the STEM background and the school teaching and the pharmaceutical sales and, of course, being the wonderful mom that you always are. Oh, thank you. So what I always encourage whether it be students or my own children or connections that I've made throughout the years is I will hear people say, Oh, you're so creative. I just don't have that. And I disagree. I think that there is a right brain left thing going on with me. I constantly have to feed the science. I constantly have to feed the creative side. So that right left brain, I call it ambi-brained. I think everybody has, at least a little bit of, of that. I know that I have both. So how, what I did was uh, I've always been into writing. I've always been writing since I was a child. And uh-huh. the photography thing came in really when, right around 2009, I, I started just taking very unique photos of my own children or unique pictures while they were running around at the beach And people would begin telling me, oh, my gosh, that is such a gorgeous photo. And I didn't realize, and Vi, I want to make this very clear, I didn't take on this photography journey because people were complimenting the photography. What I realized is they were seeing what I was feeling. Uh And so it became very intuitive. And, And I was able to feed my left side and feed my right side. And, you know, just sort of develop it and evolve it over, over those 12 years into what it is now. Oh, fantastic. So when did you actually think you really figured out you had a deeper connection to this area of art? Like the camera became one with you. It became a part of Jamie and defined who Jamie is when you had any spare time. Um. I've always been more comfortable behind the lens more so than being in front of it. Uh That goes way, way back. Oh, it's time for a family picture. It's like, Oh, you know? Um, So there's, I think there's a little bit of that, but mostly it's just capturing a moment. You know, one, one of, I think one of the simplest ways we can all relate are those Facebook memories that pop up Uh and we're like, Oh my gosh, wow. That was seven years ago. But I like to think of it even further into not just the pictures of my children, Vi, but the pictures that are in my home and the pictures that people have started purchasing from the gallery. It's photography really is art. But when you have a photojournalistic twist to it or an intuitive eye, it becomes it becomes real art and it becomes real moments mm-hmm. that capture. And that's what I'm that's what drives me. That's what energizes me behind the lens is there's not always the intention to go out to the yard and get a picture of a butterfly. It's more like it's just in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so intuitive. And it just it's just fun for me. Very fun. And it's interesting you pointed out uh, that it's an art, right? And it's it just kind of defines several things. It's not just behind the lens and taking a picture. It it can just really 
bring out and define so many things uh like what you said you know feelings emotions and so much more right so what do you think you gravitated the most toward when you had a camera in hand was it uh family pictures of your boys or was it action shots of them doing some sports was it nature what was it so it's sort of wherever we were or whatever we were doing or whatever they were doing at the beginning of all of this and it was Jake running up to me with a shell that looks like a butterfly mhm and so instead of getting the entire landscape i actually have a picture of that where it's just his little fingers and he's handing it to me but in the photo that's what you see so for me i know that it's Jake and i've captured that memory but there's there's an art to it because you see sand sand flecks on his fingers and mm-hmm. you see the inside of the shell and you know it really could be uh any anybody could relate to that because the face isn't in the photo right so it's Now, more in the moment than it, yes it's always know. in the moment it's always in the moment um travel photography some of the most extraordinary pictures i have ever seen I have some of those and I took those and it's just this in the moment photojournalistic type approach. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> oh, uh you certainly did and you certainly are and it just leads me to think, you know, in several different directions. So, you always tried to do whatever was in the moment, but then was smartphones like very much a part of our lives then or was it on the phone that you captured or was it your big lens that you would just quickly grab your camera put it on and then you know you would capture it what was your go to at that time you know when we say in the moment um what what do they say about uh, luck is where preparation and opportunity meet mhm you you know sometimes i've seen something i'm like ah oh, i don't have the right lens and i'll just try to capture it just for the memory mhm you know it may not be something that i would try to develop and put on a wall or turn into a handbag but the go to is you know the go to in my daily world is yes is my phone because okay. that's what i always have handy but if i'm out if i'm traveling i have three or four lenses and um you know there's times when i can only have one and i have to choose uh, because i don't want to lug them everywhere but mostly i'm traveling with 3 4 or 5 lenses mhm when did you even start building your equipment when did you think okay i know i want to do this much more seriously than just you know capturing one sporadic picture here and there or just like on a trip okay you know just for memory i'm doing this but you realized you had something more in you that wanted you to okay i need to just equip myself more technique um has a lot to do with it uh you know when we when i say it's in the moment when i capture interior photography there's a you know i can't always use my telephoto lens because be blurry or I won't capture the entire room so there are lenses used for landscape 
Um, there are lenses used for low light. And so it just sort of begins to, I'm self-taught by the way. So it's trial and error. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, making mistakes and saying, now why, why did that turn out like that? It, the, the light was bright and it's just constantly going back and figuring out and reading and looking at YouTube videos and going online and doing research. And over the years, I've just been able to, now I can grab and go and, and really know what I'm doing. Um, but it's, it's trial and error by just like everything really. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's a learning journey all the time. Oh yes. Everything is. Um, I think that, I think sometimes what separates Others photography, uh, photography from those who are are calling it art is an eye. I do think you have to have an eye for angles and details and being intuitive to what might happen next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the finer aspects of it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. How many years of collection? did you build as part of this uh, passion or your deep attachment to photography? So I was thinking about this on, um, I think about the word content. So probably over 12 years, there are over 150,000 photos. Oh my. That I have. And that's not duplicates or, you know, that's just a, a large collection over time and travel and, you know, I don't know that everybody would be interested in 150,000 photos that I have, but I know that there's a really good, it's it's what I'm pulling from now to create the handbags and the gifts and put into the gallery. Um, and once COVID lifts, I'll be able to travel and get and, and acquire some more content. Mm-hmm. That started about 12 years ago. And so the entire collection is about 150,000 photos. Or content from which to pull. Okay. Uh, that's like uh, a great uh, collection. And uh, what shall I say? That's like a big bunch of uh, uh, inventory that you can fall back on. It's it's a library of content that's always available. In, in, and in now what I'm doing, I have been able to develop patterns. And I, I think we'll get to profundities in a little bit. But... It's been it's been really intriguing what I've been able to how I've been able to manipulate these photographs to create patterns. So it's been it's been really oh, neat. that's phenomenal. So you mentioned profundities. You have transformed your love for photography in, into this intuitive artistry collection and a boutique. How did this happen? Okay, so first of all, um, I'll, I'll explain what profundities means because my own children will say, it's such a weird word, mom, um, or it's such a weird name. Uh-huh. So I'll get to that in a second. So this, the genesis of this really became, um, kind of goes hand in hand with, with COVID in that my current role in pharmaceutical sales is job share, which is considered flex time or part time. And I was just like, what? what could I be doing with this, these days that I'm off, mm-hmm. you know, what could I be doing? And I was looking, you know, at other employment, I was looking for a way to, to supplement that time. And then I finally just decided I have, I have everything I need right here. 
I have all of this photography. So what could I do with it? Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started thinking. So in July of 2020, I started talking to a girlfriend and I said, I think this is what I want to do. I want to get up and, you know, I want my undergarments to have something powerfully written on them. And then in addition to that, I want it to be a really neat photograph that I took Mm -hmm. or something. So anyway, these are just like little, little pockets of, of brain power, you know, that we're just kind of spilling out or, or kind of just pouring all over the place. And, and then I said, what if a woman could pick up her handbag and on it, and maybe only she's, she knows where it is on the bag or in the bag, a very profound or witty expression or inspirational expression that she just carries throughout her day with Mm -hmm. her. And she can, change it the next day or whatever, have a collection of handbags. And then it just really started to take shape. So that was July. And I share this because my friend said to me, on July 4th, you were telling us about this idea. And then by August, you made it happen. How how did you do that? So it just was more like, I think it's always been building. I think Vi, that sometimes subconsciously or the universe is pushing us or driving us and we don't even know it, Uh but we're we're on this right path. Sometimes we get in our own way. And I think it just, it just like was a, an aha moment. Like this is what I should be doing. So it took about a month and a half to, to launch. And, and it just, yeah. And it just went from, we started with masks, if you can believe it. We didn't even start with a handbag. We started with masks Mm -hmm. and that's how it got going and a Venmo account. (laughs) Okay. So the pandemic did cause you to feel this deeper connection to your passion area, which happens to be photography, right? Yes. It, you know, it either, it either forced me to um, have that time to, to allow it to to soak in. Mm -hmm. This is where you need to be. Um, COVID definitely because of COVID, I had the opportunity. If our pandemic hadn't hit, I would still be an education technology sales representative. Probably, um, that position was furloughed. And then I went into pharmaceutical sales in a job share role. So had, mm-hmm. had that pandemic not happened, um, but I, I think of it just as an opportunity where I finally got into the right place at the right time where I was supposed to be in my journey. Um, because it is powerfully, powerfully um, invigorating and energizing to be doing that. Oh, absolutely. And I know all this stemmed from some conversation that you had, not just with a girlfriend of yours, but with someone that's so dear to you. And I thought I heard that someone earlier in this conversation and listeners may have heard uh the person that's very dear to you too. So let's have you tell the listeners how all that transpired and what kind of an influence that factor was in you starting Profundities. So I'll try to keep this brief. My dogs have always been a very important um, part of my life, Mm -hmm. a relationship. And what Whether, kind of a breed are they? Just so you know, for people that are very curious. Well, before before Brody and Coco, they're great Pyrenees. I had Samson, a Bernese mountain dog, and I always talked to Samson. So I was like, well, whatever dog comes next, they're really going to have to, you know, sort of fill in that role there. Uh-huh. 
And I got so lucky because, you know, Samson passed away last, last October and I wasn't quite ready, but I joined a, I joined a group called the Great Pyrenees Rescue of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that's how we found Brody. And Brody was a nine and a half week old Great Pyrenees puppy. Mm-hmm. And he is seriously, he is just the most gentle giant. He's much like Samson. So yes, you heard him earlier and we did adopt another one. Um, so we have two COVID puppies, mm-hmm. but pandemic puppies. But yes, I was talking to Brody and he's the, he's the older of the puppies. And I said, Brody, what, I've got this idea. What would it look like? What would I call it? What, how would I do this? I started asking him all these questions and he's just, you know, laying there being Brody. And then the word profundities or the word profundity sort of whipped into my brain. And I thought profundities. And then there's another area that profundities is going to go that's not listed on the website as of yet. So that I can't really speak to. Mm-hmm. But um, it just stuck profundities. And then it's like, how do we get people to understand what profundities mean? And what does this look like? And by 10, 15 minutes later, Brody and I had figured out the entire empire how we were going to do this. I say that tongue in cheek, but um, yes, I, I, he was my sounding board. Oh, absolutely. I mean, why not? And uh, you know, there has to be someone driving each individual and I'm glad in your case, it was Brody. And so (laughs) you gravitated to. Well, I knew he wouldn't tell anybody. (laughs) So I see you gravitated to Brody as a comfort zone. And uh, so all this extra time on hand helped you think through all of this. And so how did you visualize your product or artistic creation from an end user standpoint? So why profundities? Right. So it's twofold. So personally, I like to carry something unique, mm-hmm. whether it's a handbag, a bracelet. It, I always like to have unique items that I don't see on everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not to say, you know, there's nothing wrong with trends or those, those designers that are, you know, putting beautiful things out there. But I personally like to find something that's unique. So that was one driving force is visualizing you, for example, carrying one of my bags. You know, what, what would that actually look like? And I would love to. Okay. <laughs> and so it just sort of, and then it was like, but it's got to be more because it has to, it has to have something. The artwork can inspire, right? The artwork may be a vehicle for inspiration, but it had to have a little bit more. And so profundities. So for example, I have a bag. It's the store. It's a picture of the storefront on the streets of Rome. And there's an artistic sign that says women at work. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just loved it. When I took the photo by, I had no idea I would turn it into a, a purse. Mm-hmm. Right. So on that bag, the picture has a, a high heel stiletto. Mm-hmm. So it, I found, I'm like, what kind of quote could I put on this bag? Where's the quote? Where's the quote? So I just started researching stilettos and I found this quote be a stiletto in a room full of flats. Oh, how nice. Separate yourself, be unique, be you, be something different. And how perfect for the working woman, you know, to have this women at work bag with this crazy, unique photo, fine leathers and fabrics. And then just on the side of it, 
reads Be a Stiletto in a Room Full of Flats. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's all about. It's about a woman packing it up, walking out the door and starting her day. And she's empowered, maybe, you know, that's that's the idea. And that's the driving force behind all of it. Okay. So if you were to say what kind of a collection is your boutique made up of, what would that be? So currently listed, we have 102 products. We have handbags. And, and you know what? I, I say we because that's what they said you're supposed to do. It really is just I. Mm-hmm. It's just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have listed over 100 products. Each handbag style is named for a very significant woman in my life. Mm-hmm. And we have 17 styles. So mm-hmm. that's 17 women who are honored with a namesake style on the site. We have leggings. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, I made a set of teacups for my mother mm-hmm. and she loves them and they're beautiful, but I haven't listed those. I said, I don't want to be a department store, mm-hmm. but um and journals. I think journaling is very important. So I listed journals. I've steered away from the masks, but um, the opportunities are endless. Mm-hmm. I have I have two sterling silver pendants listed on the site. So there's a little bit of jewelry. Mm-hmm. So okay. That's so we have right now. That, that's definitely, you know, uh, unique. And that's very symbolic of the person that you are. So as these ideas occurred to you, Jamie, was there underlying factors that helped you kind of piece uh, this puzzle together, uh, the codes, the motivational stuff around you? What was it that helped you finally say, okay, Brody, now I have it all? It was the first, it was the first bag, really. Um a woman who is the mother um, of a dear friend of mine, mm-hmm. she she passed away, and I had been creating this bag from a photo from Paris. And the profundity on that particular bag reads, Paris is always a good idea, Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. And this bag ended up becoming the Jocelyn Classic Handbag. And it was named after Jocelyn because even though I only knew her through my best friend for a short period of time relative to my own life, she was impactful. And so that's really when it started piecing together. Like this this is what it means to me. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want it to mean to someone else but they have their own take on it. They pick up the bag and they see the quote. Maybe they've never been to Paris. So maybe they carry that bag because it's on their bucket list. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they've been to Paris and they had such a glorious time, but I, I don't know. It, you know. But I know that whatever I'm feeling is so powerful and thoughtful that it will be conveyed somehow, some way through the love, the labor of love that goes into each piece in our collection or in the collections. Okay. I think definitely there are uh, aspects and I'm sure there is a whole lot of people that would resonate completely with whatever ideas uh, and emotions that you are feeling. And I completely get that. Back in a moment with our guest, 
on Freshly Forever. Did any individual or their act provide more of an impetus to you to feel energized and rest assured about the whole thing? I know you said in the case of the first bag, uh, say your friend's mom was kind of like uh, an impactful person in you creating that. But was that the sole factor and influence or were, were there any other instances or was there any other individual that you would say kind of made you feel absolutely, okay, this is what I want to do? That is a very good question. And you remind me about piecing, piecing those, uh, you said something about piecing those parts together or, or this puzzle sort of going on. I, I'd like to say that it's ongoing. You, mm-hmm. you, never, you never achieve perfection and you really, you really can't get caught up in that notion. So those puzzle pieces are constantly going on. Part of those puzzle pieces are people that have inspired me. So I was sitting at a baseball field and the one thing that was holding me back from launching all of this by was the ability to purchase my samples. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the funds personally to, to buy the samples because nothing goes out to a customer or a client without me touching it first mm-hmm. and inspecting it. And it's sort of like a quality control um, component to what I'm doing. So if something arrives and the photograph is not perfect, it goes back, we start over and, and we're perfecting that, you know, that part of the business model. But I, I was sharing the story of profundities and the vision and the mission behind it. And this woman was a friend, a, an acquaintance at the baseball field. And she said, what's holding you back? And I, I got really embarrassed. And I said, I, I can't get the samples that I need to launch. If I don't, I can't just put products on my website without touching and feeling them. And she asked me how much did I need? And she became our first investor. Oh, how nice. Yes. And with, so without her energy and her support, I mean, I would have figured it out, but at that point in time, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was very, very excited to launch and get going. And without her help, I would not have been able to do that in August. Um, I'm very proud to say that I have paid her back. Mm-hmm. So we are, you know, we we owe no money to anyone. But without her and her inspiration, we would not have gotten started when we did. So she was a she was a driving force and a, a huge piece of that puzzle in getting started. Oh, okay. For sure. What about? Uh, where you where do you source your materials from, and how do you even decide? Okay, this is the right approach for me. Okay, this is the kind of material that I want for my bag. And do you go all leather, or do you also try and do something vegan? And in terms of clothing, the leggings and all of that, how do you as Jamie feel personally convinced that, okay, this is the kind of material that I want to go after. And are you able to source everything from within? One day the dream would be to have everything in house, Mm -hmm. but 
such is not the case. So I gauge what I'm going to put on the website based on, do I like it? I have a very discerning taste and I'm very, I'm, I'm hypercritical um, of a thread or, you know, a scratch. So when I'm, when I selected the two manufacturers that I have at this point in time, one is in London and one is in the U S my initial goal was only made in the USA. Mm -hmm. I tried, it's very challenging. I try any pieces and parts, any tassels, um, any little extras. I, I am very diligent in making sure that those are made in the USA. One of our manufacturers is in Wyoming and one is in um, London. And it's all based on how it feels to me. How does it smell? Have you ever ordered anything by and it came and it arrived and it just had a horrible, horrible chemical processed smell to it? Oh, I know. I mean, that's the worst feeling that one can have. Right. So it just began, you know, that was another part of it is getting those samples and touching them and, and going through them and and wearing them for a while to to feel, you know, confident in what I was going to put on the website. So those are our two manufacturers right now who have the capability to, um, you know, impose or transpose the photography. And because that's that's the core of what I'm doing. It's the photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm constantly looking and sourcing and resourcing for other, you know, other manufacturers that have, have high quality pieces. Um, we have a range from microfiber uh, products. We do have vegan um we do have a vegan leather mm-hmm. leather, and I have not sampled that yet, but it's a very good question that you've asked, and it should be an offering that we have on our site that I have not listed. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that as an action item for me to purchase a sample in the vegan leather and, and smell it, touch it, feel it, and see how it does everything print on it, and hopefully be able to put that as an option. Okay. And are all your gifts only intended for women? They are right now. I do have a friend who um, he asked if I would create. And by the way, Vi, that is probably my most passionate work is when someone commissions me to do something special and unique just for them. Mm-hmm. So a gentleman asked if I could create a a man messenger bag for him. Mm-hmm. And I did. And it's very cool. And it's a picture from the Vatican um, just out, just, uh, through, it's a picture taken through the Vatican window. It's just really, really unique. Um, so I do have a product for one gentleman right now, but everything is designed to empower, encourage women, you know, to embrace their everyday journey. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows? Okay. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll have a men's department. <laughs> and children too, probably. And just to be sure, you are focusing your whole business or it's centered completely around your library and your collection. And this is not like something custom gifts that you're making, right? From what I have that I send it to you. And then is that a possibility? That is such an important question to ask because it leads and lends to the integrity of what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. If I were to go pull an image from Getty and create or hand curate a bag, that's not honest to me because it's, it's not, it's not my work. So the work 
has to be something that I created from my mm-hmm. And that's the hand curated part comes in, you know, it's part of everything is part of coming from you, Jamie, as the person. Yes. Okay, got it. What about uh, other services that you offer? I think you also have like a photography and portfolio focus, correct? Yeah. So, so J. Alex Barber photography really started in 2009 and it started as a more of an online portfolio, if you will, a, a place for to direct clients in portraiture mm-hmm. and um, and then just to sort of sit down, have a glass of wine and look at some really great travel photography. So it was more of an experience. And then it evolved to be this gallery and boutique. And I kept the interior and architecture services, the photography services. So if you are an interior designer and you need someone to come out and photograph your details um, from architecture, you know, to finishes to to even the furniture. Um, I do an extraordinary job. I uncover all the details that a, an interior or a designer or architectural designer would want someone to photograph. And mm-hmm. that is really, really fun for me. I enjoy okay. that. I have steered away from family portraiture. Uh, I will, I will do it on by referral, but the creativity in portraiture is lacking for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, Vi, when, when my clients get their photos back and they're happy, that makes it all worthwhile. It's just not something I'm as focused on as I once was. Okay. How do you think uh, you're able to make an impact on what designers do, say, when it comes to your portfolio focus? How are you able to amplify and make an impact on what the designers are able to offer? Other designers? Say, with interior designers and stuff, you photograph their work and, say, for architectural uh, purposes, when say someone designs a home and they want to just create their portfolio, you are offering those services and we talked about it. So how do you think your work is helping make their lives better or making an impact for them in a positive way? Oh, I hope it would inspire them. You know, when I, when I present the finished work through a magazine like portfolio, um, it's taking their work mm-hmm. and photographing it and they can sit back and look and say, wow, I, that looks amazing. That's because that's their artwork. And I have such an appreciation for interiors and architecture and that's why I enjoy it so much. So my, my answer to that would be, I hope that they're inspired for their next project to do mm-hmm. something great or, or even, you know, sometimes we're inspired by something we didn't do maybe as well as we could have. And they may see something and say, next time I'm going to do that a little differently. Mm-hmm. We can be inspired in, in both directions. Absolutely. And your fine art gallery, can you take us further on that and also on the different types of gifts that you curate? Um, how do you go about deciding how Jamie makes it unique, even in terms of the fine art gallery offering and also on the different gifts 
you talked about it earlier okay you only do some very selective stuff and you want empowerment and you want women to feel empowered and you create messages accordingly and things like that but what is it that you want to say about all of the things that you hand curate and especially the fine art gallery aspect as well there is a lot of it's purpose driven because photography is art mhm so many people walk into a gallery or or a museum and it's um it has to be a masterpiece or it has to be an oil or or a watercolor which is all beautiful and i have those in my own home but photography is art too and i i really have always been wanting to make you know that's an awareness issue for me you know photography is art too uh you don't have to just have an oil on your wall you could have a beautiful photograph that speaks more than a thousand words that you get mm-hmm. to look at every day that's the drive behind the gallery and the gallery i think will really take off once there's an actual storefront i have some really great ideas on how i want to build an actual store but it's about you know photography as art as a fine art and then when it comes to the boutique it's that purpose driven you know empowerment but it takes a lot of time to find just the right quote to go with mm-hmm. just the right pattern or just the right photograph and there's a lot of intention and so people who are able to handcraft their items at home and not rely on an, on a manufacturer are very lucky but i would like to just really drive home that it takes a lot of time to get it just right mm-hmm. lining, up, lining up a photograph from back to back for example there are tricks and things that you have to know how to do to make it look like you know you didn't buy it off the 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 streets you know just like somebody just put something together it's there's a lot of intention about making it high quality um purposeful fun Mhm. Um unique and you know some of the items are very high end but maybe that's the one bag you buy this year but mm-hmm. it certainly won't be seen on the arm of everyone else. So there's that's kind of it by when I speak about the gallery and profundities I just there's just so much uniqueness to it. Mhm. Mhm. So just curious Jamie what is the turnaround time uh from the time one places an order online uh until you know it actually gets to the customer's door so my goal uh in the first year plan first year third year plan is to actually have inventory but i won't run that risk to buy all that and 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 have that on hand at at home <laughs> so everything is purchased online you are correct mhm with having everything every item coming through here because every purse gets a dust cover the manufacturers don't have my dust covers mhm so every you know there's little there's little touches that go out with every single gift so they come through here for that quality check they go out with little touches of jailx barber love you know how to take care of your bag a uh, a personalized dust cover you know every good fine quality handbag should have a dust cover So there's little things that get done here. So the turnaround time 
with having to come through here first, it does take a little extra. Um, three to 10 days from the U.S. manufacturer, three to 14 from the London manufacturer from start to finish. And that's U.S. Mm-hmm. So if you, Vi, were to go online and order a bag that comes from the London manufacturer, depending on the day, so you can't include Saturday and Sunday, but business days, that would probably be a 14-day turnaround time. Okay. For our okay. Custom, for a custom handbag. Okay. And you talked about um, your vision of a physical storefront. So when do you think that's going to happen? It's on my five-year plan. Okay. So I have a one-year, three-year, five-year. And so in my vision, it's um, one side is the gallery, and there's a little wine and charcuterie area in the back. And it's just a place of comfort. Mm-hmm. Just no pressure. Just walk in and and look through, you know, a beautiful collection, whatever the collection may be at the time, or maybe it's three or four collections, but just very easy and comfortable and no pressure. I want it to be a place where someone comes in and has an experience. What if they hear about JLX Barber photography, but maybe they can't uh, make that investment at the time. They can just come in and look at it because mm-hmm. it's unique. And then on the other side to complement the gallery will be the boutique. And it will just be very, you know, design, you know, come in and, well, you don't, you don't see something you quite like. Let's, let's see what we can do for you and do a commissioned piece. It would just be sort of a place to have a great experience surrounding, surrounded by art. Oh, I'm sure it's art is definitely more soothing. It's very comforting. And the people that know to appreciate it, I'm sure will definitely flock to uh, your place when you physically have a store. And I know you support local merchants and uh, you try to um, encourage their offering as well. So how do you think you have made an impact on the community and how significant is it for any business to know that they have the back of fellow business people in the area? I think it is so important to support local business and to know that you're supported. Oh, you, you need a pair of earrings. I know this, I know this girl, or I know this lady and she's making them out of her home and they're beautiful. Um, here's her number or here's her Instagram. It's important because it develops trust. Mm-hmm. I think that's the word that comes to mind that is, is, is going to answer this question. When you've tried something and you've shared that with someone, they're trusting you. You know, they're trusting you. Okay, I'm going to use that landscaper. Or So the reason it's important to back the local vendors, if you will, or, or artists or businesses is, is you're developing that trust and you're supporting something that's non-franchise. Mm-hmm. Like restaurants, I always try to take the boys or visit or patron local restaurants versus franchise because mm-hmm. they're doing what I'm doing. They're doing it on their own. It's their passion that they're putting into it. And there's just something to be said about supporting that. I don't know that I've made an impact um, on the website. There is a local loves page on my website where I've placed some of my favorites. I hope that people are visiting that and I hope it's, it's, providing uh, an impact on those services and, and offerings. And then we support the Atlanta Children's Shelter. 
That's your giving endeavor. So 20% of various collections, the sales go to um, the Atlanta Children's Shelter to support their mission. Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful. So who was your mentor, Jamie, if you ever had one? And what is your message to other solopreneurs for them to find this sort of recipe to success and especially women-owned solopreneurs? So I appreciate that. I am I am so much in the beginning phase of this that I I only hope that one day I can provide a a, a mentoring type of role for a young lady who who wants to get out on, on her own. But my mentors, it's it's such a mishmash of people. I think it's it's just women in general looking out and seeing what women can do. Probably if I had to name the first one would be my grandfather. He's, he had his own business um, in the carpet industry, the flooring industry. He came home and told my grandmother that he joined two country clubs. They didn't have any money. They had three children. And she's like, what are you doing? It was the smartest business move he'd made to get his business mm-hmm. going. And that's one. Second one um, is uh, a pharmacist. Gave me my first job, mentored me through that, taught me everything that I knew could know about uh, retail pharmacy and medicines. Very, very smart businessman. And Oprah, mm-hmm. hugely impactful. Everything she's done, everything she does, she turns into gold. She's an extraordinary woman. Women with really good energy are inspiring to me. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also the message to other women solopreneurs to look for that sort of people for them to be able to find that energy from and derive it from to be successful and to uh, find the right ideas. And uh, I guess that's a great message. And you have talked so much about your pharmaceutical sales job. So how do you think you have managed both that and the home life with the boys and your creative side and how have you been successful doing it all? Mm-hmm. And as a takeaway, what would you like for listeners to understand? Okay. Uh, discipline is very important because when I am working for Takeda Pharmaceuticals, I put everything J. Alex Barber that's a functional piece of making something happen has to go away. So mm-hmm. my MacBook that I use for J. Alex Barber, that's in another room um, because it's so tempting. Oh, I have an idea. You know, I, what I will do is I'll jot it down and I'll get to it later. I have to be very disciplined to manage the corporate pharmaceutical career. And then the what energizes me about JLX Barber, just I, you have to turn it on and you have to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And then what I have learned over time is that when the mom is happy, the children are thriving. So oh, absolutely. when they see that my day job is purposeful and my creative job and business is purposeful and inspiring, I am so happy and energized. And that's that can only be good for them. So I think that's how I strike a balance. What do I want people to take away? Um, there's a quote by Jay Shetty. He says, this is so important. He says, you are not behind you are not ahead. You are right where you need to be. And that 
mm-hmm. is so empowering and, and thoughtful to me because we can't compare ourselves to where someone else is. I see on Instagram all the time, I have other, there's other entrepreneurs or solopreneur women. And I'm like, oh, I should have posted today. But Vi, I couldn't because I was working my corporate job, mm-hmm. right? When I say that to mm-hmm. myself, I am not behind, I'm not ahead, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I think that's the takeaway is just keep going. If this is something that you want to do, if you want to start your own business, if you want to, you know, like you have started this podcast and you have been very successful with it. Mm-hmm. You cannot compare yourself to anyone else. You have to take it day by day. You have to celebrate the small victories. It's very hard to start a business. Challenging. Mm-hmm. I should say challenging. Um, I think that's the biggest takeaway is just remember you're not, you're not competing with anyone else. And it's very easy to do. That's a great message. And so how do people uh, reach you? You want to let them know about uh, the website and how they can order from you and all the good stuff, Jamie. And then, uh, you know, I think we can sign off once you are able to tell the listeners about the good stuff. Well, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, It has just really been enjoyable to see you again and hear about what you're doing and learn more and be able to express what it is I'm trying to do. It's very simple. You just go to the website. Um, the website is always a work in progress. It's a labor of love, trying to keep it organized, but it's um, jalexbarberphotography.com. So J-A-L-I-X-B-A-R-B-E-R photography.com. You can look at what's in the gallery. You can peruse the Profundities Boutique. You can learn a little bit more about me and why I do what I do, um, what's going on locally, and how we give to the community, how we give back. It's all there. Oh, awesome. Such a fascinating conversation, and I had fun catching up with you as well. And thanks for being on the show. Look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you, Vi. Before I sign off, folks, let me remind you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google and follow the podcast on Instagram at Fresh Leaf Forever. That's one word. And on Twitter at Fresh Leaf Forever One. Make sure to send me your feedback and keep enjoying the podcast. I will see you back again next week with yet another guest and yet another interesting topic. Until then, it's why saying so long. <music>